SeatGeek. I think baseball games can be a great first date. I mean, like, why not, right? Who made up this rule? There's nothing more romantic than two people sharing their passion, especially if you have great seats. Because then you can make it to the kiss cam, and if you make it and he kisses you on the kiss cam, and then, you know, it's real. It's the real deal. Like ring stuff, wedding stuff. Get your seat tickets to sports, concerts, and live events. Seat Geek. Get your seat in a seat. Use promo code BronxMachachos and save $20 off your first purchase. He was called up to Triple A on August 22nd in nine games at 419. Yankee said, get on up here. Play for us. Coming out to left field and deep. Going back, Alvarez turning, looking. Welcome to the big league. See ya. A home run for Dominguez in his first big league. about 24 hours kind of very on the last like five six hours where we thought it was in physical review is complete Juan Soto has been traded to the Yankees along with Trent Grisham I strongly believe it is the five names we heard all afternoon involved with the Yankees that's catcher Kyle Higashioka who's been Florida's number one New York Yankees podcast. Welcome everybody to the newest edition of the Bronx Machachos podcast. I'm your host Mark, and tonight we got some of the boys with us. We got Danny. Yep. What's good, everybody? We got Alex. Hello, hello, hello. And of course, we got our friend, the Sandman himself, Scott Sanders. Scott, what's good, brother? What's the happening, fellas? Now, everybody, you guys now know the drill. Yo, hit us up, rate, subscribe, review, like us all on places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Our new place is, is Pandora. Check, check us out over there. Uh, Odyssey, you know the place, you know the drill, you know where to find us. We're all over the place, man. Um, and for everyone who's watching, thank you very much. <clears throat> Don't forget, hit the subscribe, hit the like buttons, hit the hit the everything, man. Join us in the chat. Um, and of course, last but not least, You've heard you've heard it by now. We've been creating our we've created our own website. You catch our merch over there. You catch links to, to the Amazon store, Fanatics memorabilia. We go to Fanatics, get get yourself any type of jersey, anything you want there. Um, and of course, we got articles that we've been publishing. So we got throughout the season, we're going to have more and more things out there. So go check it out. Bronx www.bronxmuchachos.com. All right, boys. Uh, cold stove this past couple of weeks has been going on, so. It's less than a month away from P's and C's reporting. So I figured as the stand as the team stands right now, why don't we give it a whirl? Let's see what everyone th- if if we're all in agreement right now. What does everyone think the starting lineup for the New York Yankees is going to be? Alex, I'm gonna throw it to you first. I want to see what you're what who you who you have out there for the starting lineup. One through nine positions the works. Go for it, brother. Third baseman, DJ, center field, Aaron Judge, right field. Juan Soto, first base, Anthony Rizzo, batting fifth, second base, Glaber Torres, batting sixth, left field, Alex Verdugo. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this. I'm getting into my whole, you know, my whole talking about like talking at Yankee Stadium. I'm going to get, get more into this, guys, so, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm signing all monotone. Batting seventh. I know, Danny, you hate this one right here. DH, John Carlos Stanton. <laughs> Yeah, number seven. 
Um, then we got eight uh, shortstop Volpe, nine center Austin. I mean catcher Austin Wells center looking. All right. So so let's go a little bit little backstory. What's uh your choice for having Stanton bat in seventh? Uh, you know, Easy some of the because look that at have- that lineup. Look at that lineup. Like you got righty, righty, lefty, lefty, righty, lefty. Then okay to break it off there at that point right there, and then go right at righty, righty, lefty. Okay, I I I like that. I like the way that looks on, on paper. I mean it. I, I don't I don't know how much it, it does mess up with the pitchers with you guys as pitchers. Danny and Samuel could definitely talk about that one more, but like I I, I see that. That's a, a nice way of just messing up with it and everything like that. So that way you have a little hole in there. Like, what do I do? Oh no, Glaber's gonna be a little bumping, a little row bump in there, and then you go, and then you got Alex in there again, back to lefty again, and then you got John Carlos and, and Anthony Volpe, with Austin Wells batting probably more likely lefty as well. Like, that's what we needed in this team, lefty bats, and now we got it. That's why. Well, we got we got at least we got what one two three with Wells in there for majority of the time four bat four lefty bats right there it's not yeah. bad yeah. compared to what one two if we were lucky come on that's a good reason right there I think I got you I got you what was uh what about Danny what about you what's your thoughts what do you, critique my critique yeah we're going back. Sir. Well, I think a pretty good line. I think we, we got it almost the same. Uh, I got DJ leading off, playing third. Um, Soto in the two-hole. Judge, Rizzo, Torres in the five-hole. Uh, Staten, Verdugo, Trevino, um, and Volpe in the nine-hole spot. Um, I, I'm not sure if Austin Wells is going to catch opening day. Uh, just kind of going off of opening day type of thought process. I do like Verdugo leading off because he can get on base and he is a doubles machine. And I think him in front of Soto will make him a little bit more selective in the box. That's the hope. And then judging that three spot, I think, you know, everybody's spoken about how, I mean, I have spoken about how you put your best hitter in the two hole and you let, you know, the rest of the guys eat, but Soto's 420 on base percentage in front of judge. That's just too like, (laughs) <laughs> that's like uh to to not do that i think would be a mistake um because the fact that soto will get on base and the fact that jojo have the opportunity to drive guys in you put a guy like rizzo behind him judge is gonna have protection for the first time in probably like forever in, in, in his yankees tenure a guy in front of him and a guy behind him to protect judge so if, if you're a pitcher facing this lineup and you see Soto in that two spot, you're like, okay, maybe I could pitch around him. But then you have Judge, who's a run right there in that three hole. Um, and then next thing you know, it might be a, a three run, two run game uh, early on in that first inning with with the, the way this lineup could be. Um, so if Verdugo actually hits better against lefties, which is which is odd, right? You you would think that a lefty would hit better against righties, but Verdugo's splits traditionally have been. Um, kind of skewed to that um, hitting lefties better, which indicates to me that he stays mm-hmm. inside the ball, right? So um, I, I like Verdugo in that one spot, potentially against like a lefty and, and Rizzo still in that four hole. But this lineup is so fluid. You could go so many different ways. You could argue for Giancarlo would be in that seventh spot. That That's a legitimate thing. Um, but I, I definitely want to see Torres behind Rizzo and, and give Stanton for me 
that that six hole and and then kind of go from there. Yeah, I'm definitely I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, I actually I, I mean we'll go I'll get I'll do mine last, but I'm I'm kind of I'm with you along the way there. One thing I did I have heard a lot is that Judge is a big fan of batting in the three hole. He doesn't he never he wasn't really a big fan of batting second. You know, even though he had a, he's had a ton of ton of success batting second, but he feels more comfortable in the three spot. So, the fact that Soto being in front of him, Rizzo being behind him, um, works out well. So, Sandman, let me. Uh, oh, Alex, you had you were going to jump in. It's. I mean, like I get where you're coming from. Like, yeah, I mean, Judge probably would be good to be at the third three hole, but like. I've really I, and I've been going back and forth in my head in this one, and I'm I'm going more into the area where where Danny, um um, at least now at least he seems like what like he had that um that idea, where just keep him in the two hole. I like the idea of him in the two hole. I I'm not if it ain't broke, don't fix it right now in that area. So, and that's not a broken area. So I'm not gonna say to take away the captain from being up a bat more times in a game. Like that's how I gotta look at it on that one. Sorry, like. He's the one putting butts on seats. Let's be real. At the end of it all, we want to make sure he's the face of the team. Let's make sure people are getting their money's worth too. Yeah, but he can. He'll always be the face of the team. But I do think that if you have someone in Soto who could, who has a better on base percentage and has and brings a little bit more versatility, the speed factor, um, the, the the power, the batting average, all that stuff combined. Nothing that's not taking anything away from Judge because you know, Judge is Judge and he's top five in baseball. But Juan Soto can bring a little bit more, and I think him being on base ahead of Judge will create more havoc and will cause more problems for the pitcher that they have to now worry about Soto on base and might not, as much as they want to focus on Aaron Judge, they might not focus their their attention might be blurred a little bit and leave a few meatballs down the plate for him. And Soto can can provide can provide that kind of distraction for that mm-hmm. yeah i can see where you're and, coming from sam and i think it could speak to this in that What's like up? if you have a tough bat in that two hole then when you have a judge coming up it's like maybe you're a little bit more susceptible to making a, a bad pitch like you're pitching out a stretch maybe you're already at 15 20 pitches in an inning after facing a guy like soto and lemay who at the top of that order what maybe going into your like you know like i said 20 25 pitch area with judge coming up like are you more susceptible to giving up to making a bad pitch in that situation? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, anytime, anytime you have guys grinding at bats out before your your big boppers—that's what we used to call them—you know, your three, four, five guys coming up—it just makes it it makes it harder on the pitcher because obviously, you know, as a pitcher, I, w- I wanted to try to I wanted to try to be in and out of an inning with between twelve to fifteen pitches, you know, fifteen tops. But if I get 10 to 12, then even better. But you screw around and have to face, you know, for top two guys and you're on pitch 16 by the time the three-hole comes up. You know what I mean? It's it's going to probably be a long inning. You know, so the, the lineup, I, I got I got two different lineups. Obviously, we talked about this months ago. Um, if DJ LeMahieu is healthy, you know what I mean? And, and even if he's three-fourths of his normal self, you know what I mean? You know, last year I thought, like I said, last year I thought, you know, I thought his, his, the injuries just basically, you know, drug him down. But if he's healthy, I have LeMahieu, Soto, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Flavor Torres, Verdugo, 
Wells, Wells or Trevino, whoever's catching eight hole and Volpe in, in the nine hole. Um, and the reason put, I put Volpe in the nine hole, he can steal bases. He's to me, he's more of a, a second leadoff hitter. Um, you know, not saying Wells can't be or Trevino can't be, but uh, you know, the one thing you, the, and if DJ LeMahieu is leading off, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Because then you can put Volpe eight and Wells nine or for Trevino nine because LeMahieu's not stealing bases. Um, the the other scenario I have that if I was managing the, the Yankees, what I would what I would try first would be Soto leading off, Judge second, Rizzo, Stanton, then either Torres, Labor Torres or LeMahieu, right? Whoever's hot. Those two guys back to back, then Verdugo, um, you know, like I said, Wells or Trevino in eight hole and Bobby in nine. Uh, to me, you just get that gives if you if you spread that out, out over the season, how many more bats that would give your best two hitters? Um, sometimes that makes you know, what I mean, they're, they're it's, it's hard to believe just one spot down the lineup how many how many less at bats you may get, you know, what I mean, in the, in the season, but um. Soto just gets on base. He he can steal a bag, you know. Um, whereas LeMahieu, if he does get on base, he's not going to steal many bags, you know. So, you know, he leads off with a single. You better start hitting doubles, you know. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't have in front of me how many how many bags he stole last year, but I could probably I could probably count them on one hand, but I could, on two, or two hands probably, you know. And I'm not talking back in, you know, I'm not talking stealing second base of a double steal. I'm talking about just flat out. So. That's the only thing that kind of scares me about him leading off. But obviously, if he's back to his 310, 305, you know, batting average, like he, like he's done pretty much most of his career, then it doesn't really matter, you know, because Soto will see pitches, Judge will see pitches. Um, and I, I, I put, I think Stanton, if you start putting him below five, it's going to really hurt his ego. And I'm not, I'm just, and I don't, I don't know the guy from Adam. I just know guys who play professional baseball. You know, when you, you've hit three, four, five all your life and you start hitting 7-0, you start questioning yourself, like, am I not good anymore? What's the problem, you know? And, um, you know, and the other thing is Judge doesn't want to hit two-hole because forever two-hole was always known as a Judy hitter, you know? And Judge looks at himself as a big bopper, and that's probably why he didn't want to hit the two-hole. But but I think him in a two-hole with, 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 with Soto, just because of his on-base percentage, and like I said, the difference is if, if that means – Soto, I mean, that means Judge gets to the plate in the ninth inning with the game on the line. You know, he's going to have some, you know, with, with Soto ahead of him. I, I like, I just like that scenario too. Be interesting to see. I like it. I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Um, Jeremy Lyric went to a friend of friend of the pod, friend of the show. He um, he actually just posted a couple of things for us on our chat. Uh, one of the things he was telling us is that uh, once it was reported by the Padres last year that Soto didn't like adding batting second so that kind of throws a little monkey in the wrench about Soto batting second so for Jeremy his idea his lineup is Rizzo first then Judge Soto Stanton Verdugo Glaber batting sixth DJ seven whichever one of the catchers eight and Volpe nine um I'm personally I'm a fan of Volpe batting ninth I very much so last season I think going into this season I think definitely he should start off there if he does well, then you can reassess the lineup at that point. But I think giving him a little some consistency at that in at the bottom end of the lineup, maybe it will help him kind of gain his confidence back 
as the hitter that we everyone believed he was going he should be, but not just what he was going to be, but what he should be. Um, I think I think it's good for him. And that you know, like you said, Brett Gardner used to do it the best. It was a he batted ninth, and he kind of was the he kind of helped turn the lineup over as well as being a false number. You know, being a false uh, uh, leadoff hitter. So you you could have two leadoff two leadoff guys at the same time batting ninth and batting first. Speed at the bottom end of the lineup, speed at the top with with a little bit of pop along the way, or high batting, high batting average, high on base percentages, things like that, kind of really setting the table for Judge Soto, Stanton, Rizzo, Glaber, eventually Dominguez when he comes back as well. So I think I like that because my um, <clears throat> pardon me, my lineup was 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 D. I think everyone had the same thing. I don't think anybody's having Peraza beating DJ LeMahieu out for, uh, you know, he, it, that's kind of like, I think, I think Peraz is just going to be the, the utility super, uh, not even super, super utility, but I can see them kind of shifting all everybody around for him, playing, batting, playing some second base, playing third base, occasionally at shortstop, letting, letting DJ to give Anthony Rizzo a break at first base when he plays one of those positions, kind of things like that. Um, I'll let Danny go. Danny, you were, you were piping in. I'll jump to you first before I give you my lineup. No, well, so I just want to talk about Peraza a little bit. I think if this this team gets to its its destination, if we want to win the AL East, AL East, if we want to you know go deep in the playoffs, we need Peraza to step up some more. So I, I would like to think that end of the season, August September, like maybe we see some more leadoff at bats from Peraza. Like, how good would that be? He has the speed, he has the power, he provides great defense at third, like. That would be kind of the dude that I would look to um, to but, kind of take over that leadoff spot if DJ does falter, if there's like an injury or something but, like that. But, but, but Peraza or Volpe kind of taking over that leadoff spot. But but Danny, you're you're. I'm not saying that that no one's thinking that won't happen either. Because let's just be real for a minute. Like this is opening day lineup, okay? Like season wise, you're gonna have him out there. He's gonna be batting lineup on days that DJ's not gonna be batting anyway. So it's like he's gonna have his opportunity to do it. So like it'll be, it's gonna what we could be looking at is gonna be like okay, we, there's no change realistically on who's bat who's playing third that day. Third base might always be leadoff. That's what we might be looking at. It doesn't matter the name. It's just that's the position that would be the leadoff position. At least that's what we could hope for at least. And then we could keep Volpe down there in the bottom part where he has less pressure on him himself, so he could do what he has to do and. In the future, with his age and everything like that, <clears throat> he could then grow himself up to being that leadoff man for the Yankees for the whole, for the, his whole tenure in Major League Baseball. When did paying for airfare become so unfair? At Southwest, we do things differently. So differently, we invented a word for it: transparency. Transparency means we don't dream up ways we can trick you into paying more. It means respect. Because we don't just fly you, we like you. Need points for that special vacation this year? Visit the Southwest Rapid Rewards link on our link tree and make a purchase of Southwest Rapid Rewards points today. I, you, you have a point there, Alex, but I do think what the Yankees will wind up doing, honestly, or what Aaron Boone will do, is... Whenever DJ takes a break, takes a breather and they put Peraza in there, I think they're going to drop Peraza to the lower end of the lineup 
and they'll put like a Verdugo up front or maybe a Soto at the one spot. I probably more Verdugo go Verdugo, um, or either or even Glaber, but I think more Verdugo. early on in the season, one hundred percent. I agree. I'm, t- but I'm in and Danny's whole scenario about August area. That's where I'm coming from. That's what I was. I still think. More. I still think by. I well, August. I don't think Verdugo. I don't. Verdugo is not my, for me. Verdugo is not playing that much in August. I, it's, if Dominguez comes back fully healthy, he's not playing that much in in August. It's going to be Dominguez playing center field. They're going to move move Judge to left field. Keep keep Soto in right field. Soto's not leaving right field at all unless maybe they play in Boston. They he plays left field in Boston against the monster to kind of mitigate the, the defense, his defense. There. A long time from now, though. Mm-hmm. True, you're 100 right. But you know, um, but going go, going back, um, you know, my lineup is pretty much the same as Danny's. Uh, DJ Soto, Judge Rizzo, Torres, Stanton, Verdugo. Uh, you know, you throw Wells, Trevino in that section, and then Volpe ninth. It's like none of y'all want to put John Carlos at seven. It's like I'm the only one who had the guts for that one right there. Oof. But the problem, the, the, the problem is, though, if you put him at seven, nobody's going to pitch to him, you know? Um, I, I, I mean, I get you, but seven. But you take, you're basically, okay, if they do pitch to him, the dude will see literally in a three-game series, he will see five fastballs, you know what I mean? He will see breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball, fastballs is all breaking ball, breaking ball. So you mean you have to protect him with somebody, either somebody on base who can steal a second, third, or third base, or you got to protect him with somebody behind him that can 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 really hurt you. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's not at that point in his career where he should be batting seventh, but the money they paying him, the, the oh man, the dude, the dude will hit. 075 because he won't. I mean, let's say hanging breaking ball, he he might he won't even see something. I mean, you know, because he's the same way. He didn't really, I mean, he stole bases when he was younger, but he didn't really steal bases now. So mm-hmm. if you strike him out or you walk him, because if you walk me in, then then the eight and nine and got to gotta get back to back hits. You know what I mean? I don't know, but that's the only reason I'm saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying on paper he probably should be the seven hole because his production might might render that, but. They can't. They can't do it. I mean, this. He's. I don't know. What is he making? Thirty-five million out of whatever he's making. It's like 30, I mean, 30, I, thirty-two million or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Twenty-seven. Oh, it's like 20, it's a lot. I, it, it is a lot. I'm. I'm not gonna deny it on the money area, but like numbers don't lie either. And I'm actually gonna bring out numbers that I don't really do that at times. Like on base percentage, he's one of the worst in the in the lineups of of on base percentage last year and slugging percentage he's probably fifth best okay you got Aaron Judge Soto uh Rizzo you got Glaber Torres you got Verdugo all of them all of them have a better slugging percentage than him okay yes credit that Verdugo is by one point only but still like it, it's like look at it Look at it, slugging percentage and even on base percentage, it's not there. Okay, and then the worst one that Danny hates, and I will say, batting average. We all know batting average, but that we also know he's not a he's not a batting average person. He's all about homers, but like it's those numbers right there. They just tell me that it's not good for him to be anywhere but the seven hole. Yeah, but those numbers are gonna only uh, get worse. He's like he's in the seven hole to get worse. Yeah, and listen, even as a pitcher, like who am I? Who would I rather face? Even though Giancarlo might be hitting 132 on the year, I, I, I'd rather face the, the the catcher behind him, Trevino or Wells, who's you know they're lighter bats, they're not proven bats. Like at the end of the day, Giancarlo Stan is 
you know, borderline Hall of Fame just because of the the amount of homers he's had in his career. He's an active leader of homers, you know, yes. 436 homers. That that says a lot. MVP, like so, he's an opposing that. guy in the box. So, from a pitcher's perspective, I'd much rather face a light hitting catcher behind him than than give Giancarlo Stanton a fastball in a three one count. In a three one count, I'm still gonna throw him a slider or a cutter or something off speed. Like with with Trevino hitting behind him, there's no way. If there's Verdugo behind him, do I want to face Verdugo with a Giancarlo on base? Not really, because Verdugo's a doubles machine, and Nessino second and third. Okay. So and, and, but um, okay, but so, so I, then we could. I, so I agree with would Sam you be okay? That. Would you not be okay with? So you don't have the trust in Volpe to be batting behind him? Then let's say. No. I don't. Uh, not right now. So, as of right now, I want Volpe sitting. I want Volpe sitting in the nine hole for a majority of the year. I want him. My thing for him is to gain the confidence that he looked like he lost. Like the confidence he had coming up through the minors, batting wise, it looked like he lost that when he was in the majors. He had a he had a very bad two strike approach to the, at the plate. You know, yeah, he ran into, he ran into twenty something home runs. He had twenty something steals. But the batting average was batting average for him is important because he doesn't because he doesn't walk a lot, so that's the, that's the give and take. Like I know Danny's not a big fan of batting average, but if you don't walk a lot, then batting average to me matters a lot more. And the batting average at two, I think it was two ten last because Danny and I had this conversation a few months ago, and I think that because of, I think for that he needs to get lower. Yeah. So. That's what, yeah. So that for me, he's got to save. Yeah. He's got to no, save. I'm agree with him. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, 100. percent Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Sam? Man, he he had the third. Go ahead, Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, he had the third worst batting average for a person who had 500 at bats in, in the big leagues last year. Anthony Volpe at 209. Like that's not gonna cut it, no matter like. And his on base was like maybe two seventy, if that. He had yeah. maybe 40, 50 walks. Like that's that's okay, but that's not gonna cut it. Like for an everyday shortstop. Um, let, let's add even if he hit two thirty with the three hundred on base, I see that as huge improvement. And like a four hundred slug, let's get into that seven hundred OPS. Let let's get towards that one hundred OPS mark, uh, OPS plus mark. Uh, for Anthony Volpe, I'm not expecting a 250 out of him, out of him this year, or or anything close to that. But like a, a 225, 230 with a 300 on base, 400 slug, that's within the realm of possibility for everyday shortstop, and I'll be okay with the Gold Glove defense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at the bottom line is Volpe, number one. The way they look at him, it, I'm, just my opinion is, you got to catch the ball, you got to throw guys out of first base, right? Obviously, year one, I think they, they were hoping to get more out of him, you know, um, because obviously his numbers coming up through the minor leagues were better than what he showed. Um, but it just goes to show you, man. The one thing about the big leagues is it's really it's how do you, how do you how do you um, get started? Because once you once you start getting once you start going downhill, you know, um, like he did. Because I'll be honest, I remember in spring training, and they were hyping him up big time. You know, he was he came out the box kind of hot, and then, then from what I remember, I'm not going to say like I remember it like it was yesterday, but I remember he kind of struggled really bad, you know, out the box, and then it just kind of just kept compiling on him. But you know, he, number one, he in that lineup with with the big boppers they have, 
he's got to catch the ball and throw people out of first base. You know I mean, he's got to, he's got to field, he's got to be a slick fielder. He's got to be a gold glove type shortstop. If he does, you know, 245, 250 with maybe, you know, 25 bags, 30 bags, maybe hopefully, um, you know, obviously, you know, he probably needs to, to, to if he, if his average is down, he definitely needs to obviously figure out a way to draw a few more walks. Right. Cause I mean, the, the dude can run, you know what I mean? He can, he can, he can, he can fly. And if he can steal you some bags and, you know, and, and be a, a gold glove shorts, I'm not saying he's going to win the gold glove because believe it or not, you don't, you don't win the gold glove. You, you have to, you have to have, usually have some type of year with the stick too. You know what I mean? They don't just know we just give the gold glove to whoever can just catch them all throw you out of first base. Um, but they, 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 this year, they, they need more production out of him. And, and I would, I would be surprised if he, if he doesn't step up, you know, cause year two, it gets easier. And then three gets easier. Cause you get a little more, you get a little more comfortable. You don't have to look over your shoulder all the time thinking like who's coming to take my job. Are they going to bench me? Are they going to send me back to AAA? So, you know, but he, he, he I think him and him and LeMahieu are the two biggest question marks. Uh, for them, the difference in them possibly winning a hundred games or winning eighty five. I'll throw Stan and Rodon in there too. Yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. If those if those guys you know don't perform, man, we're in for a tough year. If we get another, <laughs> you know, one seventy five from Giancarlo with like twenty homers and barely hundred games played, we're 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 in for a tough one. Same thing with Rodon. Well, Rodon, Rodon showed up to is in Tampa right now. He showed up early. Uh, you know, wasn't didn't they didn't ask for him to come there early? He got there early. He's probably going to be in the in the uh, in the gas in the gas station. I'm hoping that he's that he's going to work on a third or fourth pitch because I think he's he's predominantly a high fastball, low low slider, and then I think he throws a changeup as well. But changeup is kind of a a show me pitch. So I think I'm hoping he works on like a cutter or something else, just kind of something something that breaks kind of gets them off the fastball. Um, you know, something, you know, maybe even a sinker, something along those lines, kind of keep that, that whole up, up in the zone, low in the zone type of type of movement that he does. Uh, Nestor Cortez is in Tampa. There's a lot of guys in Tampa right now. So, I mean, we saw a picture, I saw pictures earlier today. Dominguez is out there. So is, so is Cabrera. They're doing stuff in the outfield. So, you know, that's a, you know, and we're not even talking Jason Dominguez right now. Cause he's a, he's a summertime. He's the, he's there. He could be there. You know, Cashman likes to have the big time uh, acquisitions, just guys coming back from, from, from the, from the injury. He's the, he's their injury for, he's the, he's that big acquisition during the summertime during trade deadline time. Facts. <laughs> Facts. That, yeah, that's a Cashman special. He loves going to that. <laughs> it really is. It re- really, really is. But it's every year. Well, there's been too many injuries every year, but you know, talking, you know, t- talking Dominguez right now, real fast. Yep. Um, baseball this past week, Baseball America dropped their top 100, and um, six Yankees are on the list, and six Yankees are Dominguez at number 16, Spencer Jones at number 46, Everson Pereira at 67, Roderick Arias. You know how I'm big. I'm big fan of Roderick Arias. He's at 68, Austin Wells at 71, and Chase Hampton at 72. Uh, to add to the list, if you really wanted to, it could have been seven guys if we never traded for Soto because I believe Drew Thorpe was at 50 in the 54 to 58 spot, somewhere in between there. I don't remember quite offhand. Um, 
But I mean, <clears throat> that bodes like if you look at that, if I'll put it back up there for those who, who are watching. You look at that, I mean, that bodes really well. I mean, we went from being a very pitcher heavy uh, farm system, that being more of a position heavy farm system right now. But, you know, having having those guys up there, um, three of them already getting at bats in major leagues is important. Um, Jones, just for me, Jones and Arias could be both top 30, top 25 by the end of the year. Like that's that's the that's the power potential they have. I mean, Jones right now has been working out with his uh, his former batting coach from Vanderbilt. You know, Roger Garius is poised for to to show up for full season low A ball, and then I mean, if if last year was any indication, barring his injury, I mean he he's he's ready to take off. And honestly, if he takes off and he runs through that system, and Volpe kind of still falters at the plate, I mean, there's gonna there's we're gonna have conversations on whether or not. Volpe needs to move over and move on, move over, move on, do something, move, move someplace and let Arias take over at shortstop because this kid, Sandman, this kid's got a, got a double plus arm. Roger Harris. He's got an 80 grade arm on wow. the, on the, on the 2080 scale. Like it's an absolute missile. He throws when he throws the ball. eighties are not, not easy to come by. We, we all know that eighties are not easy to come by for any prospect. So for a scout to be like, hey, yeah, eighty, let's 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 take it to the bank. That gets me even more excited because scouts are usually pretty conservative. So, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm on the train with you, Mark, bro. <laughs> you get me excited when it comes to areas. He, he's a switch hitter, middle infielder. We could go on days for this, but um, I, I, you know, it's gonna be really exciting. It is. I mean, this, look, I'll say one thing, man. <clears throat> This the low A Yankees baseball team mm-hmm. is going to be one of the most exciting prospect teams that you can field right now. I'm I'm listen. I'm lucky enough. I'm going to be able to go watch them different places, different times. They're because they I live real close to where where they all play, where they play, and they, and even for their away games, I can catch their quote unquote away games because it's still home games for me. Like it's just gonna it's just gonna be so it could be so much fun because you're gonna because you're gonna have Aries, you're gonna have George Lombard, you're gonna have um, uh, Manuel Tejada, you're gonna have Kiner Delgado. You're gonna have, have you're gonna have Henry mm-hmm. Lalange pitching for them as well. I mean, th- that kid is just th- throws gas, and lefty. It's just get myself all geeked up for that man. That's it's, you know middle of January. I want I want you know now I'm now I'm just waiting for for April to come around for for minor league baseball to come in here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, I I love the move to I love not move. Sorry. I love that we have um, so many players that are actually in that top 100. Like, because it also shows that the Yankees have shifted drastically from their old mindset of like, okay, they were having so many pitchers that were going at it, and it wasn't working out because what what was going on? It was either a stopgap going on, or they became trade bait, or they 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 we had them and then they become nothing. So it's like it's it, it became worthless. So now that they're going to the area of let's get younger players and younger good players so that way they could get fast-tracked into making it to the organization and not just be in limbo for life is actually a great move because it also shows that the organization is moving with the rest of the mlb like let's say atlanta (laughs) everyone they went younger like everybody is going younger and faster and that's what the yankees needed to do because we were getting pretty old guys it was i'll I'll, we we might not want to admit it but the team was looking pretty old for the past couple of seasons. 
Oh yeah, but not just old. They looked stagnant. Like mm-hmm. it was sta- it was sta- very station to station baseball. Mm-hmm. Stan Rizzo, you know, very station to station. Glaber would would make those make their runs, but a lot of a lot of guys. I mean, when they had Gary Sanchez there, it was station. It was a lot of guys just not moving around, not not taking the the extra base. They didn't have the athletic. Still happy he's that. gone. I'm still happy he's gone. I don't care what anyone says. I got you, but yeah, you know the guys. Blake, have... If we get Blake Snell, Gary's coming back. Personal if we get catcher. Blake Snell, Gary's coming back just for you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Trevino's gone. Gary's on deck. Look at um, that face right there. I'm gonna, take, right I'm, there. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a good. I think I'm gonna take a good like you know month off of like everything from everything, even the podcast. I'm no, I don't want to see him back. Oh, no, gosh. no, 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 um, no, no. I'm, Who hated I'm, Chase and Shreve? It was you, Mark. Yes, right? that was me. I, 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 good God, that man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I remember. I, I went to. I went to. And then Chad Green's gonna come back. Stop. Yeah, just for you. But you know what? Yeah, let's no, just bring up. Let's bring up Bird too, because you know what? Let's just bring out all the hasbins in the world. Come on! <laughs> My gosh, you guys are on it today. What is wrong with y'all? Bring out all the horrible, horrible players that we don't want to see in this team and again. Like no, no. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Learn who you're going to throw it to. You are not throwing it to Gary Sanchez anymore. Sorry, he's not coming back. You want Platanos? You want some Mofungo? Go to, go somewhere else. You're not going to get no Mofungo from freaking Gary Sanchez. No. <laughs> oh my god. I'm waiting for him. I'm, I hate I'm actually waiting for him. you guys right now. <laughs> I'm actually waiting for him to get his deal because I think I think he's going to wind up with it. I think he'll get a couple two year deal, especially after you know. After handling the the, mm-hmm. the pitching staff for the most part in San Diego, and you know helping Blake Snell basically get him get a Cy Young, like that that kind of that should go a little long way for him. Um, but uh, what Alex, going back to what you were saying before about with the with the Yankees and and getting getting different type of players, they they've kind of changed their whole nature of drafting, signing internationally, things like that. They're they're not doing like the whole uh, we're just going for straight boppers. Like they have a specific type of player in mind it's they have a specific character they have specific trip uh batting traits um high exit velocity some of the things that they're looking at and the athleticism because the main guys if you look at it you look at a volpe you look at a dominguez you look at spencer jones you look at roderick Arias. they're all very athletic and those are your top those are your top guys i mean you can even throw in your kind of delgados and such and such coming up and around the way as well uh so it's just it that's just the way they're doing. And Alex, this is this one's for you, buddy, right up here. You know, Jeremy loves your your weekly rants. Bro, Jeremy, I'm not even trying to do no damn rants right now, okay? These two are like freaking a-holes right now. Like, bro, like I don't even know what the hell to say right now. Like, blame these two idiots. Tweedledee and Tweedle dumb right there. I'm done. I'm done right now. Gary Sanchez back so bad now. Oh my god, (laughs) Gary, please come back, man. Just for Alex, please. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) And then, and then you guys are all going to be wondering, oh my gosh, why didn't we win the game? He wasn't running full blast, and I would be like, no shit, Sherlock. It's Gary Sanchez. (laughs) 
<laughs> the pass balls. Oh gosh, yeah, no. Like you, you got, yeah, yeah. Thank look, God look, we have now. An you, actual, now like, you want it back? Trivino. You sure you still want it back? For remembering real, all, real. remember all the bad now, Danny? Are you remembering it all? <laughs> God. Oh, well, listen, I, I was so serious to begin with. I don't, I don't want Gary Sanchez at, like within a. Nah, nah, nah. It's, already, it's, it's on like, the record now. It has been recorded live. The internet has it. It's been there forever, the sir. <laughs> <laughs> It's just there to agitate you. That's it. He should be treated like you know. I'm not gonna make that joke, but he should be <laughs> nowhere near. No, he's yeah. No, he, hey, no, he's no, not, no, no. But, but Mark, going to your whole um international prospects. Yeah, I think the Yankees do have a, a thing because let's be real. I mean, they didn't get anyone in the top five, so like they have a different game plan than everyone else is going to. And it like look like it's like and it makes sense. Like we didn't get a short. We didn't go short. We didn't get Leo. We didn't get Paulino. We didn't get Jose, Fernando, or Adolfo. Okay, which is a shortstop, an outfielder, a shortstop, a shortstop, and an outfielder. Which San Diego, Texas, Atlanta, the Cubs, and the Reds all got. So it's like these are position. These are players that the team was also probably not looking at realistically. Anyway, they're looking at other players, other spots that they they, they could get in the international draft this year. Yeah, well, we did a we did a show earlier uh, on we did a show on on International Day, and one of the things that you do you do realize with with the international side is that there are a lot of unfortunately it's the truth of the matter that there are a lot of uh, deals that are already handshake deals that are already in place, and that could be in place for a couple of years already. You know, five million for five point one for Dominguez, like he didn't play, like he was he was with the Yankees from age twelve. Roger Garris was with the Yankees from age 12 or 13 years old, something along those lines. Maybe 12 might be too young, probably like around 14, to be honest with you. But Arias, Brando, Maya, those guys were, were were found by the Yankees. They knew what they were seeing, and they, they said, okay, we're not – don't forget about playing in competitive baseball now. Just you're going to be at the, at the facility. You're going to be training with us. You're basically hitting out. Cubs did the same thing with Gleyber Torres. Cubs had Gleyber Torres. They had they had him in their Venezuelan facility, hiding from everybody because the Yankees were sniffing around, look trying to get him, and they just they packed they put they stashed him away until signing day. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's what you got to do with with a lot of these guys. I mean, I heard a rumor with Aries like they somehow the Twins got to him and were like, okay, the Yankees are going to offer you X. We're going to give you a five million. You know, the Yankees I think were topping out at, at the they topped out at four, but I think they were trying to get him a little bit lower. But they said we'll give you five. And he said, "No, I already made my commitment to the Yankees, so I'm stick. I'm sticking to it. I mean, pretty sure that the Yankees have right now. Wandy Asijian, excuse me, I can't even speak right now. Who's not even part of a? He's not even going to be this. He's not this year. He's not next year. He's 2026. But that kid, that kid's supposedly the biggest, the best shortstop coming out of the out of Latin America since uh, Francisco Lindor." Or even even more so than that. I mean, he's supposed to be a stud, can't miss stud, coming out. Twenty twenty six, he's going to be the number one international free agent signing, of, ahead of a guy that Denny even knows, uh, Emmanuel Beltre. We've talked about him, and he's he went up against Emmanuel Beltre, and they and everyone starts kind of Yankees looked at him, and go, yo, who's this kid? He's outperforming Beltre, who's a big, who's been a bopper, isn't you know, sin, um, on YouTube all over the place. Like they show him hitting, he's just crushing baseballs left and right, but. You know, next year, you know, I heard the Yankees got 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 another outfielder that they're going to sign. You know, at some point, so he's he's probably like the top. I think he's going to be in, within the top five, from my understanding. 
but the net next year, next next international free agency signing, the Mets got the number one kid. He's a he's a shortstop coming up. Elon Pena, I believe his name is. So he's that's where that's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, international signings are going to be are interesting. That's especially that's where Yankees can kind of recoup and get their top get some top talent back into the system along the way. So, um, yeah. That's kind of that's that's kind of where it is, which is why you see a lot. That's why the Yankees, you know, it's funny because they they let a lot of they've been letting a lot of guys die in the vine, but when they when they're ready to to bring the guys up and let them play, I mean, the ones that really are good that they really want that they really believe in, they're they're letting them go, they're letting them run and play. So mm-hmm. hopefully, there's you know this you know I always say this the quote unquote baby bombers that we we saw from say 2016 till. 2000, say what 2021 ish, give or give or take, like right in that that range. You know, I think that's that's good enough time to say that that was the end of the ba- the quote unquote baby bombers. Like though they that was a, I don't want to say unmitigated failure, but it was a pretty 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 damn big failure on on them. Like they they had Aaron Judge who was who turned out to be a superstar. Glaber Torres is 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 a star in you know a, a star ish kind of guy, but everybody else on that team kind of. Fell apart. They they didn't they didn't perform. They didn't, they didn't meet expectations. So this next group and they're bringing this group through in waves. I think you know you saw the first you saw the first rounds of Peraza, Cabrera, and Volpe. I think those are your beginning pieces to kind of get the get the appetite. But now you have your Dominguez. Now you're gonna have your Austin Wells, especially those two guys. Those two guys I think have the chance of being Dominguez is the superstar, I believe. I think Wells is going to be a really good, really good guy. And then you got Jones coming. Then you got Aries coming. You got a lot of guys coming behind them too. I don't know. Like thinking back <clears throat> and looking back at it, I think this has been going on actually for a minute. If you really think about it, like we would have probably been okay if 2020 never probably happened. If you really think about it, we were already going through a phase that were like that. And then all, all those names that we had that were in there in that time frame, they couldn't get moved up anymore because it was 2020. And we all remember how that season was. Like, none of us were dumb. And it's like we would have probably had people come up that time frame, and the whole mo- everything would have worked out, and the pieces would have been in play. But that was just that, I guess, train track or fork in the road or whatever you want to say. That was just in our way, and that just me- that that just put a hiccup in in the plans. Because yeah, if you really look at it, what. You had the baby bombers when when they went to and they made it over there into the AL, game seven. Blah, you know, we all remember how that went. And then what happens after that? They where they would have probably been reloading, and then after the reload, <laughs> we couldn't reload because it was twenty twenty, guys. Like it's the truth. Yeah, I mean you're right, but I mean I think I think during that time frame too, they did a lot more of the, um, hey, we're going to do stopgap. You know, you had your Mike Talkmans, you had your, you had your this guy, you had your that guy. You didn't have your, you didn't have a regular everyday kind of, kind of, you didn't have your regular everyday players. You still had what, Chase Headley at third base, if I'm not mistaken. And they're still, they were still trying to put the pieces together. They were trying to, they were, I think they were trying to see who's going to be available, who wasn't going to be available. But I think it would have gotten together quicker. That's all. That's just my hypothesis. I gotcha. The one thing about that top hundred list, I want to. I want to say. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, go ahead I was saying, uh, Dominguez is sixteen. Go ahead, like, Sam. 
Oh yeah, I said Dominguez at sixteen just blows my mind because I mean, I don't. There's no way there's fifteen guys better than him in the minor leagues. You know, um, I, I agree I think, with you. I think last year was he. I mean, he was. It was he number one last year going into the season, or worst case, I know he's top three, but I'm just trying to figure out because he he had a pretty damn good year last year. You know what I mean? Made it to the big leagues, and but I guess it's you know, that's the one thing about riders. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you know, he made it to the big league, so now he's not even in the top five because they want they want to pump up some other young kids, you know. And so when those guys make it to the big leagues this year, like, oh, see, I told you he was my number three guy. You know what I mean? But that's kind of but it is good. Yankees got six out of a hundred, if you think about it, because do the math. You know what I mean? That's double with what they what 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 teams would really average. So pretty impressive. Oh, absolutely. And there no no other. I think Yankees and a couple other teams were the only ones with six prospects on that list. No no team had more. So um, and going back to what you're saying about Dominguez, yeah, there's a lot of it was prospect fatigue that was going on for him. He was always in the top fifty. Um, I think. He had a. It's it's an interesting thing to say that he had a slow beginning of the season, because he his he wasn't striking out a whole lot. He was his hits weren't weren't falling into place, but he was taking his walks like he was doing the thing. He was doing the progressions that you need to do as as a hitter to make it to the next level, but he was also doing that with in Double A where they were having the sticky ball, so the breaking pitches were kind of breaking a lot more than they're used to, so it was kind of an adjustment, and then. The minute that ball went away, you saw him take off and just start and tear everything up, tore it all up. Then, you know, then what? He went nine games in Triple A, batting four twelve, I think. And then like, nah, up, let's go. And first at bat, off a of, you know, off a of name brand, hits a home run. Hall of Famer. Um, I want to. I want to compare. Like we we go through eras of baby bombers, right? Um, we we had obviously during our lifetimes like Jeter and Corfor and all those guys, right? And then we kind of they they stood the pat they they dominated for two decades essentially, and then we had to move on from them. And that and that first group of guys that we moved on from that core four, like I think they underperformed. We had one superstar, like you said, Mark and Judge. We we had a Cy Young candidate type and Severino, but he's about to be like a bust essentially, right? Greg Bird, a bust, and and it, the list kind of goes on with that group. But I feel like the floor with this current group of Yankee baby bombers and Dominguez, Spencer Jones, Volpe, I'll throw Chase Hampton in there because he's 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 one of our top pitchers right now, and and Will Warren. The floor might be a little bit higher than what we saw from the previous group. So Spencer Jones has a legitimate chance to be a Cordy Bellinger type where he's going to get you 40 bags. He's going to hit 40 home, uh, 20 to 30 home runs, and he could play first. He could play center. And then you have your superstar in Dominguez with, with a switch hitter in the middle of that lineup that is going to, you know, potentially – he's not going to hit for a high batting average, maybe 260, right, at, at the very top of it. But – he has potential to get you 25, 30, 35 homers with 30, 35 bags. Like that's superstar stuff right there. You, you put that in conjunction with Aaron Judge and the guys that we have on this current roster. You're, you're talking about a pretty special group coming up that has the potential to be really, really good. And um, the Yankees have done that through 
good scouting. Like we took Spencer Jones with what pick? I I, I want to say probably the thirtieth pick, and that that was just like really smart to to pick a guy like that. Um, it, like late in the first round, Dominguez international draft, and we got to continue drafting smart. We got to continue utilizing the money that we have for the international draft to to capitalize on guys like a Dominguez, Roger Arias, Brandon Maia, right? These are these are household names within the, the, the industry, within the baseball industry. So um, I'm looking forward to what the next five years, honestly, even with Judge getting older, or even with Cole getting older. Like this team has a real chance if these young guys hit to be like where the Orioles are at and, and win the AL East every year and be in that conversation each and every year based on, you know, the young guys. No, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the Orioles are right now in the, in their, um, they're, they're in, they're in the prime of their, their stuff. I mean, the past three years, they've had the 2022 Adley Rushman, number one, number one spec, 2023 Gunnar Henderson, number one spec, 2024, you have Jackson, um, uh, Jackson Holiday's number one spec, and they're all coming up and they're, they're going to figure out where Jackson Holiday's going to be. He kind of, they kind of are saying like, he's kind of in that, uh, the way I'm I'm equating to is kind of an Anthony Volpe mold, where it, the the bat is supposed to be carrying him, but the arm isn't really the one that plays at shortstop. So hopefully that changes for him. Um, you know, I don't know what Volpe's done over the in the off season, but hopefully his arm gets stronger. But um, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. I want to thank. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and for everyone watching right now, we've got a little something special for you. We have a special, we have a really big special guest coming on for us next week. So we have a little promo video we're going to show to everybody and break it and do the breaking news right now. So why don't we're going to put that up right now. What's going on everybody. Hopefully everyone is enjoying our episode tonight. I wish I could have been here, but I had to work as promised. We have exciting news. Over the last three months or so, the five of us have been working very hard to bring a very special guest to the Bronx Machachos podcast. And we are excited to announce that former MLB catcher and now New York Yankees bench coach Brad Osmus will be joining the podcast as our first guest of 2024 live on YouTube and Twitter Thursday, January 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time. We would love to thank Brad for taking the time to talk to us as he and the coaching staff prepare for spring training and the 2024 season that's upcoming. Make sure you subscribe to both our Twitter and YouTube and Instagram for more information and updates. You don't want to miss this. So that's right. Next week, next week, Thursday, nine o'clock, Brad Osmus, bench coach for the New York Yankees, joining us live. Be there. Let us know. Bring, hit us up with, in the chats. Let us know what you, any questions you got for him, things of that nature. Um, so, yeah, just want to go do the quick rundowns again. You know, thanks again for tuning in. Remember, hit us up on on all of our social medias, you know, Twitter, IG, Twitter, um, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, Twitch is the one I was actually trying to, to search for. Um, don't forget, we got our website, www.bronxmachachos.com. 
I uh, want to give a big shout out to all of our YouTube subscribers who are watching right now. We've got a bunch of new ones that have come up in the past few months. So thank you guys for check for click, hitting the like buttons, hitting the subscribe buttons. We're trying to do, trying to keep growing this little little area for everybody. Um, and don't forget, we got SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the place to be. It's the spot to get all your tickets from, whether you're going to concerts, whether sporting events. Right now it's basketball's in season. You want to try to get some football tickets for the uh, for playoffs, hit up SeatGeek. See if you can get them there. Our promo code is Bronx Machachos, all caps, all one word. Uh, you get 20, 20 bucks off your first order with them. So for Alex, Danny, for Dave who couldn't be here, and for, for of course, Sam, this is Mark, Bronx Machachos, signing off. Peace.